Voyage of the Geek for another week. I'm Dave Scotland. Joining me as always, Dan Miller. Hello. Rick Legato, Tony Oakton. Hola. Joining us on this panel for what is a pleasant uh, outing this week. <laughs> We're taking a look at a bit of classic fantasy swords and sorcery type film with a slightly different flavour to some of, yeah. the, uh, some of the other ones we've had a look at. Dan, name that film. What are we having a look at tonight? It is... Simply named Krull. Which is an awkward name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't really speak marketing or buzz. It's not the Krull. It's because um, it's a weird name the first time you hear it. And so you want to know, is that a person? Is it a place? Is it what you call a drop bear when it hits you at three in the morning? Yeah. W- what is the Krull? And um, and the Krull is not, is not correct. No. Um, and so Krull, qualify Krull for us. Rick, what it's, is Krull? It's the world. It's the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and unashamedly planetary in nature, not mm-hmm. dimensional, not uh, in a time before time. It, it's uh, just another planet in our universe. Yeah. Yeah? So, um, as always, we'll, uh, we'll start off by talking about how we found the film, how as in where, when, how, why, what for. Um, Tony, uh, have you had you seen Krull before this outing? Yes. In its original run in the uh, I 80s? I see it in the pictures, but I saw its time in the early 80s when it appeared on television. 1983 yeah. it was it released? Paid, I think it probably appeared on television in 85, 86. Mm-hmm. In those days, films was a bit of a lag. Yep. Probably saw it then. Big British production. It uh, was big, yes. Huge. Yeah. $50 million budget. Mm-hmm. Um, Fifty million on a on a sci-fi slash fantasy. Um, I mean, it's fantasy, but it had lasers in it. Yeah, but yeah. I think it leans heavily, heavily, much heavier on. I think when any when anyone's fencing with a blade, it's more fantasy than sci-fi, isn't it? Yeah, it was fantasy with lasers. Yeah, fantasy with lasers. Someone once said it is Excalibur crossed with Star Wars, yep. but it's far heavier on the Excalibur yeah, side of the Yeah, less fence. Star Wars, more Excal- Excalibur. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it did have a big, uh, uh, the opening scene of Star Wars with a big Star Destroyer, except this was a big mountain coming yeah. past the camera in outer space. Mm-hmm. It looked like a bit of bark close up. It did. Traveling through space. <laughs> it, is, it did. Um, so 1983, British production, um, Elstree Studios, uh, Pine, Pinewood Studios, a massive um, indoor build. Yeah, 27 sound stages, I believe. Including the big 007 mm. sound stage, which is big yardage, massive yardage. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they threw everything at this thing and uh, and unfortunately didn't do too well at the box office. Mm. So I think they only made about $16 million all up mm-hmm. domestic. Um, so for that type of investment. But I think it did quite well out of syndication. 
through yeah. video release and yeah. that sort of that's that's how I found it. I didn't go to the pictures and and saw the film. I, I saw it at home on the home video market. I it, thought I had seen it, mm-hmm. um, but no. So the, so you for you it was a recent. Uh, it was only la- the other week that you. Yep, it was last night. Yeah, um, I thought I had seen it, but I think I'm confusing it with some strange. David Carradine, okay, sand sorcery thing. So it was brand new to me. Yep. And your thoughts? My thoughts. Um, I was, even though I found it a little hard to swallow, fantasy and light lasers. I'm a bit of a purist. Yes. <laughs> um, I. It wasn't. I was surprised. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. My wife. Um, basically, her quote was, "This is much better than the shit." We normally have to watch. That's not saying much. Is it? <laughs> it's it's not, but at the same time, that sentence is so loaded. <laughs> Clearly, you're making her watch all the movies that you have to watch as well. Yeah, well, she's still a little traumatised over Soylent Green. Oh yeah, yeah, oh. which we didn't do a show for yet. No. We, we 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 have to do that. Otherwise, I have no reason for ever watching that film. Um, there was a slight curiosity, but uh, not enough for me not to just watch it in the, out of the blue. So we do have to do that show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, Tony. What about you? You didn't. You didn't say. How did, how did you find it uh, as a experience? Did you enjoy it? It wasn't as good for me the second time round as it was the first time. I okay. Have to say. I, <laughs> my memories of it, I think, were slightly uh, nostalgic glasses. Nostalgic glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, okay. Yeah. Didn't really hit the mark for me the second time round. Yeah. They were quite. I, I, I guess I'm, I'm probably older, more critical, and I noticed a lot of things which uh, I didn't like about it. Um, Dan, what do you got? Um, I didn't see it back in the day. Yep. I'm sure I saw it a hundred times walking past it on the shelves of the video yeah, store. Yeah, same here. Yeah. And that's <laughs> yeah. why I thought I'd seen it. And I'd also, I know that I've seen the, like, trailer on the front of VHS tapes. Well, you've definitely seen that image. Yep. Yeah. Um, because the thing in the background mm-hmm. looks like a mountain and yet it's – not a mountain. Looks like the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. And, yeah. And, um, and once you see the film, everything you see there makes sense. But when you haven't seen the film, it's curiosity gets better because you don't really know what is, what's going on there, um, especially the flying horses there and stuff. You know what, don't know what to expect. They, if you read the, the tags at the top, yeah, um, Light years beyond your imagination, mm-hmm. but the top blur beyond our time, beyond our universe. Oh God! Yeah, you know there is a planet besieged by alien invaders. When a young king must, must rescue his, his love, love from, from the, the clutches, clutches of, of the, the beast, beast. <laughs> a risk, risk death, a risk the death, death of, of his, his world. world, world, world. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. those just listening to the podcast, we're looking at the movie poster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We didn't memorise that. No. But, yeah, it does have to have the beyond our time, beyond our universe. There is a planet besieged by alien invaders. There is something exciting. We promise. <laughs> it's one of the longest taglines I've, I've seen. It, it is. is. It is. It's, it's actually copped a bit of ridicule over the years for being one of the longest movie poster taglines. Um, I've done, yeah. It's a full-blown paragraph. I've done writers' <laughs> workshops where yeah. we were trying to, yeah, have the tagline of our story. We'd be like. Yeah, laughed out of the room. If we came up with well, if that was like your that. elevator pitch, you'd want to make sure you're in a tall building. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. how did you did you like it, Dan? Um, no. <laughs> and is it 
Is this your genre? I mean, it, it, are you like me where it's got a – I mean, I know Rick likes fantasy as a genre, right? But it's – I haven't mm-hmm. seen – I probably would have only seen a, a mere smidge of the titles that Rick has seen um, because it's not – I've never been really attracted to that. As a, I don't think I've really – or can remember too much from this period, 1983, of a good sword and sorcery, mm-hmm. super classic, wow, that's cool yep. type thing. Yep. So maybe that's clouding my judgment slightly. Um, yeah, so first viewing, I thought it was, um, yeah, pretty terrible. Second viewing, slight improvement. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, I think on a more nuanced level. Well, rel- uh, relativity is important here. On right? a more nuanced level, it's uh, your relativity. Hold it up to Red Sonia. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, <laughs> we're not setting the bar too high. <laughs> and this is the this Rick is the holy grail. Of, you leave Rick alone. One of his favourite films. <laughs> no, I mean, as, like we found a lot of a lot of technical <laughs> a lot of problems with Red Sonia. When I when I watched this, they were so far apart when it came to the quality of the production. The, mm. The um the makeup the they probably weren't up to Red Sonia when it came to outfits I think you know oh, the, the, the costumes the, the had, had, had work. absolutely no, I don't yeah. know the costumes and the Slayers were interesting when it came to headrest yeah. and yeah. even the sets and things the same was mm. in yeah. Red Sonia and this one they were pretty yeah. good the so, writing was atrocious yes this is where I'm kind of coming from yeah. is that that my um, opinion that it wasn't very good was an average of some of the very very good things in the film yeah. And some of the bad things in the yeah, film, and you sort of, it's it's weird. It's a quite polarized, yep. I think. So it's not all a brown bad mush. Yeah, it's actually quite sparkly and good. But well, then there's some like oh, the narrative doesn't weave nah. the good bits together. They had a lot of problems. It started off as a medieval story, yeah, yeah. yeah. and then they thought that was a little boring, so it and, became a journey. And that, that's because they had really a bunch of locations planned. Then mm. when it went all fantasy. And sci-fi, that's when they decided to build a crazy amount of sound stages. Yeah. Which blew the budget. And it went through several um, script versions. Mm-hmm. And uh, It shows. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things that really struck me, it's, it is very uneven. Yeah. yeah. In many ways. I mean, one of the things that struck me is that it doesn't seem to know what age group audience it's got. Yeah. It's yeah. got, you know, the quite strong horror elements. You know, mm. the guy mutating. Mm. You know, Absolutely. You know, spikes being driven through people. Mm. Then you've got that sequence when they're riding the ponies, which is straight mm. after My Little Pony. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah. Which, which no adult would take seriously, you know. Yep. And very wooden, very poor dialogue, you know. Um, a princess who really is just a, a token female character and does nothing compared. Look at Star Wars six years earlier, you've got Princess Leia, who was a very, you know, strong female character. Mm. And this is almost like, you know, aggression away from that. Mm, mm. They're just. Wenches who were just there as foils for the men, you know. Mm. Like she, yeah, she was just. I mean, they could have stolen. They could have some interesting things with her, and they didn't do anything. A goblet, and it would have served the same purpose as yeah, her exactly. character. You know, one thing that really annoyed me: you've got who's the famous actress from uh, who appeared in uh, in the original um, what's the film, um, David Lynch's film. Um, what am I thinking about? Um, Raise her head. Sandworms and uh, oh, June. June. June, oh, June, yes. June, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, she's the queen from June, she's uh-huh. a good actress, yeah. And she's in it for like 30 seconds, yeah. Uh-huh. And says virtually nothing, you yeah, know? yeah. And she's covered in prosthetics, uh, yeah, for yeah, most, most of, of it. that time. <laughs> yes, you know, mm. It's just a weird, a weird. I, I have a bit of a even. sort of a defense for mm. the the kind of lameness of Princess What's Her Face's mm. role in the movie, yeah. 
in that yeah yeah she wasn't she wasn't really effective she didn't do anything she was just oh yeah yeah Yeah. well yeah she didn't do anything but my defense for the poor old movie is i don't think the hero guy did much either (laughs) no (laughs) no No, you're right no and the other thing which i'm just gonna say but before going into it is you know if you're gonna make a film which has a lot of melee combat you better make sure you get a melee combat. The melee combat yeah. is with some of the worst combat <laughs> yes. I have ever seen in a film. It was shocking stuff. Yeah. Badly choreographed, badly put together, yeah. bad special If you effects. slow it down too, like if you, you if you pause and drop back, go back a couple of seconds, you start to see some real issues uh, with the choreography. It's, it's pretty poor, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, Star Wars has a little bit of <clears throat> melee combat with the lightsabers, obviously. But I think Lucas very sensibly steered away from that as much as he could because many combat's difficult to do well. Mm. And if you've got a Especially sci-fi films, pasty like, white guys that yeah. really, you know, if, yeah. if it's not like a, um, a Jackie Chan film where everyone's athletic and yeah. mm. and has some kind of martial arts cred. A lot of these guys have only picked a sword up last week, and um, yeah, it just they, didn't work. They didn't me. sell it at all. It just didn't work. For yeah, yeah. And, t- and there's a lot of it as well. Mm. So. Yeah. And I also find, while I'm on the subject, I find. If you've got a world that's got energy weapons, right? Melee combat is a, is a, is a hard sell. Because yeah. if you've got energy weapons, you're going to pick people off from like a mile yeah. away, you know? And they tried to compromise, didn't they, where the, the, the weapons only could fire once. Or, no, then, it looks like and they, then they had to clumsily turn it upside oh, down and then know. use it as a So stick. for the guys who haven't seen it, you've got like a sword with a <laughs> yeah. laser gun at the at butt, one end. At the one end. They come in and they fire the laser gun once and then they turn it around and it becomes a hacking weapon. Yeah, it, it so whoever came up with the laser like, tech. Yeah, yeah, fixed bayonets <laughs> to the laser guns. <laughs> We've got lasers, but they only fire once. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. how ineffective stormtroopers would be in that scenario? You'd need a base that big. Um so what we do is we have a look at the film and uh, we use the narrative to progress through the film so that we can just stop off along the way and discuss various things. Um, so, Dan, you're going to uh, take us through the narrative journey that is Krull, the planet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is a ride. Yeah, where do we start with this one? I know that we've got, uh, in typical fantasy f- format, a narrative or a narrator that prepares us by saying that uh, there is... Some say there is a legend. I think he. I think he. It's like a friend of a friend told me there was a legend that a king would meet a queen or a prince would meet a princess and their child will um, rule the galaxy. Will rule the galaxy or save the world or save the galaxy. They always oversell it. They it's did. like rule the friggin' yeah. galaxy. That's yeah, yeah. like billions of planets. That's what it. are you talking they went about? All in. <laughs> yes, we're we're all in. They're like, we'll just like rule the little area that we can see. No, we're going to rule the damn galaxy. Yeah. Screw it. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, what I thought we'd we'd just do is just go through like the narrative beats. To me, in this movie, they were pretty clear. Mm -hmm. And also, they're pretty much, they follow fairly strongly or they can be correlated fairly strongly with Joseph Campbell's journey of the hero. They can, but at the same time. It sounds to me like they were aware of the hero's journey, mm-hmm. but they didn't thoroughly understand it. Yeah, well, it's like the hero's journey on a Friday night after a few drinks trying to wander home. Yeah. It's the hero's journey. <laughs> yeah. They stagger around a little. Yeah. <laughs> They're a little wobbly on the journey. <laughs> There's some pivotal elements there that they probably missed. All right. So I want to sort of explain it as the first story beat and perhaps its purpose, then we can talk about the little nuances. But mm-hmm. the first one, the first purpose is – the baddies' arrival. So it's the presentation of the bad guys. Yes. 
and it's a big giant mountain flying through space. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do we think of that? It's a space mountain. It's interesting. It's interesting. I've never certainly never seen a mountain flying through space like Before. that. Yes. Um, not an easy thing to pull off. What, technically or no, just, actually? Just as a compelling piece of cinema. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. And it didn't really read. Um, no, it was a bit of pine bark. Yeah. Yes, it was a bit of pine bark. And my uh, thing that I had from it. Now, who's the guy who does the music in this? Oh, well, see, this is where they've um, they've brought out the big guns. <clears throat> ah, well, I'm going to. James Horner. Now, James Horner, his, um, his credit list. Yes. It's pretty spectacular. Yes. He is uh, credited with composing. He's, he's listed at 100 and th- he's got 130 credits just in the music department because he's a composer. He composes symphonic mm-hmm. pieces for film. Okay, and I'm going to lead – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this, twist this around, yeah. and we're going to have this sort of now that's all the way jiu-jitsu back. thing where you're going to use this against – That's all the way back to 79 as a composer, as a music right. department person. But uh, – sorry – as a music department, a conductor, not a composer. Right. So, But his composing chops is 161 credits. And in his 161 credits, we see Karate Kid. We see Avatar. He did the music for Avatar. Okay. However, so was Apoc- this Apocalypto. Film? No, no. The, the yes, Apocalypto. James, Fantastic. James Cameron Avatar. So um, I want to start stacking this all up. Completely excellent storm. music composer, yes. organiser yes. and musician. Yep. And he's done some mega famous movies. Yep. Now, which which was one of the super famous ones? Tell me again. I well, more on. recently he's done. We around that similar time, nineteen eighty. This was nineteen eighty three. He did Krull. He did Forty Eight Hours, which is an Eddie Murphy film. He did um, Something Wicked Comes This Way. He did Uncommon Valor, Gorky Park. Um, he did Star Trek three. He did Star Trek two, The Wrath of Khan, which the music in this had a very similar feel to um the wrath of calm being sort of a standout film in that in that in that genre um so where i'm leading is how many where does Kroll come in his career at making music for movies very early right that is what i was fishing for <laughs> he started in 78 and then for the first couple of years there were not a lot there that you would well believe it or not he did the classic sci-fi Battle Beyond the Stars. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, that's maybe a, a mark in my, my favour, actually. Which was early on. That was his fifth film, composing. Okay, because what I think happened with this guy is he made some completely excellent, perfectly wonderful music that just didn't fit yep. what he was aiming for. And the opening credits is, a, I think, a classic because mm. you've got Death Space Mountain. Yep. And the music that's with it is yeah. when really it should be yeah 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 it should be largely just sound effects yeah um, the or something ominous well, and it's big ship music it's it's yeah. big ship some music. Ex, you know Imper- orchestral yeah. kettle In- drum doom yeah, barracose uh, bottom <laughs> yeah. end rumbling yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 absolutely yeah I, I I'm with you and and I. It almost feels like the music was deliberately pushed towards the Excalibur side of the equation. Maybe he'd kind of done a lot With of the work beforehand trumpets when, they, and trumpets when they're in resounding. the early stage of mm. the... Yeah, 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 that might be true. Mm. All right. So then... Um, he did the, music for Braveheart. 
So then he does the then there's the narrator narrator who does the story so far and gives you a bit of a glimpse as to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Then we got to set up the good guys. So what happens in the setup of the good guys? Um, basically, there's going to be a an alliance and a marriage, uh, and a marriage that reinforces an a alliance wedding to unite some. Some people who we've never heard of some and don't warring, care about. Some warring clans. Some random people. Yep. Who die. Who die. Yep. <laughs> yep. They start. Um, so we, we also, another thing that they they did as well that annoyed me in this section was they tell, don't show. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, oh, we've just been hassled by all the horrible bad guys. And the other guy says, oh, yes, well, we hate those bad guys as well. But nobody's ever seen the bad guys. Yep. Nobody's ever experienced any of this from our point and of view. And the whole marriage is happening because of the bad guys. Yes, yes. It's the whole idea that only if they make the alliance can they finally beat these people. We should at least have a cut to one of those yeah. awful soldiers pushing a, an old yeah, woman yeah. into a pud- puddle of mud or something think, or other. I think there's one or two shots with them silhouetted r- riding across a bridge yeah. or something. But, yeah, we don't get to see how how bad the bad guys yeah, the, are. Yeah, the thing is there's no there's no uh, crisis or conflict. Yeah. Make us go, yes, like go that, get married. Like yes. that opening yes. sequence yes. from Co- just- from Conan where the bad guys ride in and just slay everyone. Yeah. Mm. In fact, in this film, the good guys don't even have towns. Mm. They just have a castle yeah. <laughs> True. in the middle of a paddock. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a rule to having a castle. <laughs> yeah. You need yeah. people. You need Surfs. people. Yeah. <laughs> Where do they live? They're not a, they not everyone's living in the castle. Um, I found that was a bit odd. But, yeah, you're right. We didn't get uh, enough of a setup for the bad guys. No. All right. So, um, but we do, at, at when the marriage starts, then the bad guys kick down the door mm-hmm. and they start a big fight. And, they didn't um, seem particularly well prepared for that, did they? No. The good guys, they were sort of in their castle, doing their wedding, and these bad guys just turned to beat the door down. Yeah. Yeah. They would be maybe expecting that because they... Yes, if you were smart. <laughs> and considering that half of the guys that arrived said, oh, yeah. we've been attacked by all yeah. the bad guys, yeah. and, yeah. you know, yeah. we only just made it here just out of luck or and, whatever. And, and it's supposed to be in a castle. Did they leave the back door open? <laughs> well, I know what they, they did. They made the worst mistake that we seem to see so often. They didn't bar up the windows, right? Because at one point, one of the slayers just jumps through a window, yeah. right? It's a stained glass window. So the biggest doors in the world, but yet they just put a window over there and that's how they got in. But, yeah, the, the bad guys didn't have much of a problem getting in. Yeah, I mean, what sort of castle was it? Um, did it have walls? It was a show castle. It was probably. a show castle. <laughs> And I do. I did note with amusement that the uh, the hero's first attack on the uh, on the on the slayers was with a chair. Yes, yeah, I did notice that too. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, "Oh, okay, great start. Yeah. Clobber him with a chair." <laughs> All right. So there's a big fight because there's going to be a marriage on, and the princess is stolen, as is the fate of princesses. Yep. There's an abduction, and the prince is. Falls, take, take f- falls, falls badly down some stairs and twists his ankle horribly. He, he, he takes a shoulder <laughs> shot, um, the same shot that's killing everyone else, <laughs> but he takes a shot and, uh, yeah, proceeds to fall in a heap at the bottom of the stairs. Yes, with his nice manly chest all nice and open and visible. Yeah, Beck did notice. He said, oh, great, we have a hairy chest shot. Yeah, good abs. <laughs> yeah. Blew his shirt off. Some very good abs. I think yeah. that's part of what he was uh, hired for Um if anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so the next one is Meeting of the Mentor. 
Yes, yes. Did we see him before that? I swear yeah. he was he hiding in the yeah, he was he hiding was. in the forest. He, so yeah. we don't know who he is. Yeah, so he, he was just like watching the bad guys ride past on the way yeah. to the castle, <laughs> not warning anyone, <laughs> not yeah, setting I, up a smoke. I didn't even grab his message. name. He, to me, I just we just kept referring to him as Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gandalf's lesser known, yeah, yeah. less successful brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was who wasn't um, even a magician, really. He was just a he's just a guy. Yes, I know. I can't for the life of me remember his name. Was it? What's his name as an actor? Was he? Um, his name as an actor. I can tell you this because I looked this up. Yeah. His name as an actor was. Was he uh, David Batley? Uh, what is it? Where is it? Uh, Freddie Jones. Oh, he's no. Freddie Jones. So this, this is the quote from from uh, from Rotten Tomatoes. Freddie Jones won 1969 World's Best TV Actor. He was Claudius in one of the BBCs. Uh, He's a very good actor. And he goes on to say, it was an honour he'd seldom be in danger of winning a game. <laughs> <laughs> Tells you everything you need to know about Freddie Jones. He's a character actor who pays, appears in a lot of these things, actually. Well, his um, na- he, how would you pronounce this? His name is a four-letter name. Y-N-Y-R. Yes, I would pronounce that. Why would you make your heroes <laughs> hard to pronounce or read? Yinir. 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 So what, he's Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's what high school kids do when they create fantasy things. They create these weird These names. triple word yeah. score scrabble things. Because yeah, like, uh, that equals compelling. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And believable because <laughs> it it's totally unfamiliar. Yeah. All right. So the mentor says you've got to go and do a thing for a thing. And we're not, after, not before the prince has a little cry. Oh yes, the prince. He did have a little cry. He had, he had a moment of self doubt because the prince's dad got laser beamed. That's right, right. Mm-hmm. And so when he found out that he he his dad, he had an instant wince of cry. That's right. Snapped his. Well, the old boy wasn't happy with that. No, he wasn't he having it. No, he said, "I came here to find a king and to find a boy." Yes, which is a which is a verbal bitch slap to yep. to the prince. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very early on. Um, in fact, the old boy really was uh, quite a. Uh, it was a bit overpowering. Stroppy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a very overpowering mentor um, to the prince. Okay, so the prince has a bit of a bit of a cry and um, a badly acted cry. I must sort of also add. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what's our solution? We're going to need two things. We're going to we- need the glaive. Yeah, well, I was on a higher level, so we're oh. going to need a magic item. But magic yes, item. we're going to need the glaive. glaive. Yes. And then I've written down here, and it might be a typo, but I've said, we need a bunch of red shits. <laughs> I think I was trying to type red shirts. Yes. But I think yes. either works. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Well, considering two of the red shits went on to have quite big <laughs> yes. careers. Yes. So we'll talk about that when we, that were, when we yes, get to them. them. More famous yeah. than their, yes, their start here. So they're going to have to go and get a couple of things. They need yep. a magic item and they need a crew. Mm-hmm. All right, then. So the next one is the next story beat is we've got to get the magic item. Yes, the 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 oh. glaive. Yeah. Which is which, supposed to be a glaive, if correct me if I'm wrong, is a double edged sword, big double edged sword thing. Yes, and not a ninja which, ninja flick blade star no. with, with sparkly diamonds. No. And it's um it's supposed to be a thing of legend and not an actual thing, but the old boy says it is a thing. Go up yes. the mountain and get the thing. And it would have been great if you showed us the legend, not just tell us Oh, by the way, it's really cool and yeah. it's an awesome legend. And yeah. he's got this shoulder wound that made him, like, 
<laughs> fall down his yeah. flight of stairs. And yet he can climb a mountain. <laughs> well, he did <laughs> get, he did get the special brew. Remember the old oh, boy yes. gave him the special. He had that Vaseline sp- stuff. That he had in his bag. Yeah. Special ointment. The anti-laser beam Vaseline. That's it. Okay, so how difficult was it to retrieve the super magic item that's featured on the front of the cover of the video box, the videotape box? I, I have more trouble finding my car keys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he found it. Um, a so little he, tiny crack in the wall of a cave. In some red goo that was possibly supposed to be lava. The, lava. the red goo oh, lava. lava, yeah. It yeah. sent some lava to go. I, I did – this is this was one of the – I mean – Pathetic here, but I did like the scenery. Some yes. Oh, yeah, nice, some very yes. nice oh, the, shots of the actual landscape is, is, is I beautiful. It, I believe it's, it was filmed in Italy, Italy, a li- little yeah. bit of Italy, but also Lanzarote, yeah, which are those uh it's, volcanic, it's a very uh, volcanic it's island, a nice I believe, in nice the Canary Islands. Yeah. Well, a nicely set up, it yeah. was nice. Mm. Is that the same place as Red Sonia then? Um, Red Sonia was in, in um, I'm generalising yes. Italy as a, like, a single place. Abruzzo, yeah. Abruzzo Italy, um, also uh, Veneto, Italy, Belluno. <coughs> um, yeah, the landscape was fantastic. Stunning. And the rock climbing was quite, quite convincing. Mm. You, know, you, you had a good, when I was watching rock climbing. Yeah, they the actually climbing. filmed that quite well. Yeah, it's a pity like they didn't do more with it. Yeah. 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 Where's the danger? Yeah, yes, yeah. there was no danger. Yeah. Yeah, there was a bit where he was dodging rocks. Yes, but right. <laughs> there was like five rocks yeah, paper, that were actually pebbles that somebody the paper mache rocks. Yeah, then rolled down the hill. All right, <laughs> so the super powerful, the, the super powerful mega glaive super weapon. He just like goes in and gets and comes out. Yep. And then he, he then like a kid in a candy store, he wants to swish it around and stuff. Yep. And what does the mentor dude say? Don't. Up, 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 up. Only when the time is right. <laughs> yeah. You need okay. to learn to master the force yeah. before you're allowed to use the lightsaber. Yep. No, I think he was just like, just don't. <laughs> I think he was just, just don't, all right? Yeah. And I was like, why? Because the lightsaber is a good example. Like Luke gets a lightsaber and within two seconds yeah, he's lit it up. Yeah, it around. He could have taken out C-3PO. <laughs> he could have taken his own head off. He didn't as know what it was. As soon as Obi-Wan hands it to him, he like flicks it on. <laughs> he could have had it backwards. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, he goes, so, so he climbs he climbs a mount he climbs the Matterhorn to get the, the, the glaive only to find out that he's only allowed to strap it to his waist yeah basically yes. whips, and not use it not play with it he yeah. whips it out flashes it around yep. and um, second rate yeah scanned after second. and the actor had perfected his glaive throwing pose did you see he used yeah. it I went looking for images for our little montage here and you'd be surprised at just how many images are him <laughs> in that same shoulder pose like this. And it's all from different parts of the film. Mm. He's, he does it at least 15 times. He does this. So he um, has his glaive pose, but he's not allowed to use it. There's well, another the, thing about the glaive as well is that only the true, right, correct s- hero could yeah. actually get it. I thought the lava was the giveaway to that. I thought only the true no, hero can see, get what, it out of the lava. We had to have Gary the idiot who was his offsider go yeah. in there with him and right. Gary says, I'll get it. And he's like, Shh, oh, no, I burned right. my hand off. You're right. Yeah, there was no big – it's like thanks for letting us know because really there's yeah. – yeah, like they – the show don't tell. They do the opposite. We're not going to show anything. We'll yeah. just tell you. Yes. Yeah. And if, if they didn't have the old boy, then mm. – so really the narrator at the start of the film should have been more about the old boy. I think yeah. it was the actual, the same actor. It was, was the, the old, narrator. yeah, we, it was. Yeah. And he should have been talking about himself. If <laughs> yeah. not for me, the, the planet would have peril, would be yeah. in peril. Yeah. 
but he's the only one that could work out where the bad guy was, where the glaive was. Basically, the the narrator or and that character has to deliver the synopsis yeah. throughout the film. Yep. They don't actually show it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that might be his new name, actually. He's ex- he's um, exposition. Ex- Expo. the, the exposition wizard. <laughs> All right, the exposition conjurer. Yeah. All right, so they also have to do another thing. They have to go and get the super another piece of supernatural aid, and they have to go and see a seer who's also blind. And what is the seer going to uh, provide? He's going to. He's got. Um, he's got. He's got magic Google Maps. Yep. And he's going to tell us where the. Uh, the mountain is. Where the mountain is, because the now, mountain wh- moves. The mountain moves every Every what? Tuesday at 3 o'clock, it disappears and goes somewhere else, so you can never catch it. Was it – did we have a time period? How, how long does – it, 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 it doesn't spend – Every doesn't, day. It doesn't spend a night in the same place. That's ever. right. So it's every day it moves. <clears throat> so that's why you can't catch it, and you've got to get somebody who knows where it is. Yeah. And All it right. just sort of fades out and then fades in somewhere else. Okay, but before we go and see the Magican, we've got to meet two of our band of red shits – Slash shirts. Two, yep. Well, we've got to meet the, the dumb. And let's say they we have- We need the jester for the, for the crew. Yes. The comedy relief. Yeah. Otherwise, he wasn't very funny. Mm. Yeah, no. not much of a relief. What else <laughs> has he been in? His face was so His familiar. face is very familiar because he looks like- um, He's been in a few English. He, he was actually in the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in a bit, can't remember. Was he really? He's been in a lot of English character acting roles. That's probably he looks a lot like- Is it Rob Brydon? He looks like a character from Monty Python, but I don't think he's ever actually. Yeah, he no. looks like a couple of English actors that yeah. he's not. But he's and those there. guys are yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely uh, he's yeah. been in a lot of English mm. B movies of that sort of era. Yep. Yeah. Actually, no, we meet two, but we only pick up one. Yes. True. Who's the second one? The second one? That we meet and don't pick up. <clears throat> well, let's say the amount of eyes that are available for. Adding to the party is three. Yes. All right, so we meet the Cyclops. That's right. Played the Cyclops by. Cyclops dude. Played by um, Bernard Breslau. Who was in the Carry On films and Hawk the Slayer. And was in Hawk the Slayer. That's oh. right. He's basically your big guy. If you He's need a the big, giant go-to guy. Yeah. If you need a big guy. Because this, this other guy that we met, the, the magician, his name is Ergo. You know, he kept saying, giant this, giant that, little people like me. But he was the same height as everybody else. He kept saying that he was a really small person. Who? The Ergo the Magician. I think he was speaking metaphorically. The, the giant, the... The, the Magician was always complaining that he was a short person. I think you know, he, he would say, bigger vision, narrow of... Statues. Thing, short big of Big vision, short stature. Bad of acting. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> All right, so we meet those two guys, mm-hmm. and there's some, you know, hijinks because he's not a very good magician and he can't spells it himself by accident and yep. those type of things. Yep. Okay, so next we have um, we have a quick check-in on the baddies to see how, how they're going. Mm-hmm. How, and they, how they're going. Well, we've got um, Princess Bimbo is uh, free to go anywhere within the mountain, within the mm-hmm. – Within the confines of the uh, the mountain. What's yeah. the princess's name in Mario? That's who she is. Peach is Peach. Peach. She's Peach. Princess Peach. Yeah. Yes, Princess Peach. Who basically waits at the end of yep. the game. That's yep. what she is. <laughs> yes. So anyway, they have a bit of a chat and he's saying, look, I've got this marriage proposal thing going on. You know, would you like to rule the galaxy? And she's like, oh, no, true love, something else, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 
Don't want power. Yeah. You're stinky. All right. So the next story, the so, next story beat. Can I just, this is a kind of a, a throwback to those sort of surreal 1970s <clears throat> movies which have this yeah. weird image which don't really make any sense. Just standing in the middle of an eye at one point. <laughs> yeah. Just have no but, yeah, yeah. reason to be there at all. Yeah. And I, why was that in that mountain? And what was it doing there? I mean, if it had like the, an eye on the side looking out, mm. it wasn't. It seemed to be just and there were, in there. There were lots of bits internal yeah, that, that were taken yeah, from... Right they were taken from um, um, the organism or the beast in himself. Yeah. I got the sense that the beast is the mountain. It's Maybe. part of him. Yeah, they sense. were they were one to get. It was very. That's very fantasy, isn't it? That sort of the architecture inside. Excuse me, looked a bit like you know had teeth and yeah, rings I think that was and, the intention. Yeah, esophagus things like and things yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So it was a bit surreal. Mm. Yeah, it was very surreal. Mm. All right, then. So the next one, I think, is actually the story beat crossing the first threshold. So this is where they meet the band of robbers. That's right. So they walk into this thing and hiding behind the rocks is all of these um, ne'er-do-wells. And we're introduced to, for the first time in cinema history, I believe. Uh, we might be – there might be other times where they play bit parts without any dialogue, but Robbie Coltrane – Yep. Yeah. And Liam Neeson. Yep. Now, Robbie Coltrane, remember he was loading luggage onto a plane in Flash Gordon. He's in Flash. Was Flash Gordon before this film? I don't know. I think Well, let me go into the data board. Data. I'm you guessing guys, Flash is after. You guys discuss. I'm going to go and have a look. I actually thought Robbie <clears throat> um, Coltrane at this stage, he looked like he'd been the extra member of the village people. <laughs> He didn't have enough rhythm, so they kicked him out. Because that's what he <laughs> looks like. He was, yeah. With this 1980 fl- was Flash Gordon. With that flat top and that moustache. Bing, bing, bingo. All of these people in fantasy land, in a fantasy film, in a fantasy movie, have long scraggly hair. Yeah. Because there are no barbers in the fantasy world, as far as I'm aware. Except for some reason, Robbie Coltrane has this... T- highly shaved, buzz cut, flat top, and for me, it just stuck out like a sore yeah. thumb. And it's like, what? Why? Yeah. Everybody else has got long hair, as you would in the medieval planet crawl, no barber days. Yeah. Even of the your. Little, even the little kids got a bowl cut. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm. Oh, with the obvious exception of Captain Superhair, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. prince. Who he, I think he's the only American actor in it. Yeah. Is him, who has ridiculously good hair. Mm. And it was interesting, Liam. Mm, Neeson, I can't say his name now. He's always kind of in the back, throws the odd comment in. Yeah. And he's still, his acting is still a level way yeah. above everyone else's. Like, yeah, yeah, I thought that as well. <laughs> and he's got a, just this bit part. Yeah. And his character was evident. Like, he, yeah. he, he was the womanizer that had yeah. a wife in every he town, had, sort of thing. Mm, he had mm. more character yeah. and presence. Yeah. He was and, the guy that everybody else. Like the boys hit town and they need some uh, need some food and grog and he's all right I'll fix you up and so the missus turns up with other women yeah. to, to look after the boys <laughs> so he would have been a legend in the group yeah all right so they pick up um, so essentially they make friends with the bad uh, with the robbers that's correct but there's one other well, the robbers find out that he's the king yeah the robbers find out that he's the king. only the king can have the keys. They're, so they're not robbers as much. bandits well, or criminals. They're, or they're escape prisoners. Yeah. Because they've all got the, <clears throat> the, the, manacles. the manacles. And only the king and the uh, whatever. The king's other hand or something like can that. can have the key and yep. he proves he has the key. Yeah. But I still think they're not entirely convinced at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. They're S- sceptical. 
Yeah, sceptical. Of, so, of the guy travelling with the old man and the clown over there. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the uh, the last point I want to make is what's the lead bandit's name, the lead robber's name, the lead of the robbers? Well, I can tell it to you, but I, I can't remember it from the actual film. But it's Torquil. <laughs> yes, Tarquin or something or other like that. T-O-R-Q-U-I-L. And, uh, and- <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there are WoW characters with better names, 12-year-olds <laughs> yes. out there. There's a little bit of Welsh in the names, isn't there? Like the main hero is, is Colwyn. C-O-L, that's the prince, Prince Colwyn. Um, The princess is Lissa. Yeah. And don't the Welsh like to put consonants all together, like uh, Y-N-Y-R? Yeah. Yeah. Could be a Welsh bent to the the names. Could be. Okay, but my point is that I don't think anybody named Torquil is particularly impressive. I would have called him Gary the Bastard yeah. or something or other. The, the, is the, the, yeah. the needs to be the little name. Yeah. Little name. And then it can be Torquil. Torquil be, the Cruel. Torquil <laughs> the Stabber or something yeah, yeah. like that. Or just Stabber. Torquil the Constantly Miffed. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Um, seeking the Boon is the next one. Mm. The Wizard in the Rock. Mm. So they eventually go and find Blindo the Wizard. Uh, yes. And he's in his magic crystal room. He's Checking his, out his magic his crystals. Green room with his green crystals. And what do we know about green and fantasy? Very powerful. Oh, yes, that's true. Yes, we must remember that. And actually. like all seers in fantasy or in myth, he's blind. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. Yeah. You don't have normal <laughs> sight, you have special sight, like yeah. the oracle, the Greek oracle. What's her name? It escapes me now. Mm. Come on, you educated malakas. Uh, One nah, of you must know. No, nah, no. Nah. The oracle of oh, Delphi, seeing this. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that oracle with the eyes. Okay, so what goes on? He um, he uses his ma- magic crystal and he's like getting all his magic Google Maps happening. Yep, that's right. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, when he opens up, it's like the hacking thing from the, um, you know, when those Indian telemarketers try and hack your computer? Yeah. yeah. Yes, unfortunately- the beast. Unfortunately, the beast, yes. He set up a proxy server. That's right. There was a firewall. <laughs> There's a firewall. And the beast re- realised the hack. Yes. And he gets and he gets bloody Blindo's syskey. That's right. And syskeys him. That's right. Seriously. So anyway, he reverses it back and then That's right. ruins his day. It smashes his crystal. Smashes mm. his crystal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're in- um, Well, now he can't see. Yes. And now they need plan B because he's- Mountain finding Google Maps crystal has been smashed by the beast because of the beast firewall. Right. So now they have to go find, isn't it a temple where the beast can't penetrate? Basically, hasn't. Has In the a, middle of the swamp. Yeah, an impenetrable firewall. So yeah. you can Are you Google sure Maps you're there. not just making that up, Rick? No, no, he's right. It's it's the in the VPN swamp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Emerald Temple in the Great Swamp. <laughs> All Tre- right, then. Great tre- Treacherous Swamp. Yeah. yeah. His need so, is great. So, yeah. So, <laughs> the next story here. beat is we've got to go into a swamp and do the same thing that we just did now. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So, when you're writing a movie and you're like trying to pad it out a little bit, <laughs> it's like, let's yeah. do a thing that doesn't work and then we'll do and then the thing do it again, again <laughs> yes. in a different place. And we'll also, we'll flip it. And yep. we'll make that also not work. Yep. Yes. That um, that entire swamp location, which is where they're heading, um, was the thing that they built in the 007 soundstage. 
Right. And there's a few sweeping sh- camera shots there, man. I that, was that impressed. That thing is a fucking paddock. Mm, it is yeah. huge. Mm. And half of it's filled with water. Mm. There were shots there where the slayers were coming up out of the water, which mm. I think they shot in reverse. Yeah. If you, if you watch Make the- Make them sink into mm. the sand. Yeah. 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 I was very impressed by that soundstage. That was a hell of a soundstage. Oh, it's impressive, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. All right then. So um, – Trivia here. Apparently, I mean, I've read this, I don't know if it's IMDb or something else, but apparently it was filmed in the middle of winter. The soundstage was so huge they couldn't afford to heat it all. So the actors wow. got very, very cold. It was a very wow. miserable experience for all of them. Nightmare. And I yes. believe it's the same soundstage where they made the swamp for um, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it wouldn't uh, yeah. surprise me. I remember um, Lucas complaining because um, he used to shoot a lot of his films. He shot all of his mm. films, um, the indoor stuff, mm. and at Pinewood. Yeah. Um, the English uh, cinema is very unionised um, and come 4.35 or something in the afternoon, no matter where they were in a shot, these massive doors would just start opening with all the noise and everything and this little old woman would walk in with this fucking tea trolley <laughs> and everyone in production would down tools and head over and just start sipping tea and Lucas would be fuming. Get the shot, get the shot. Stones with cream. And there's, a, there's the tea lady. I think there's a documentary where they sit down and talk to this tea lady that was there when they shot all of the James Bond movies and that that Pinewood studio is is has seen some incredible mm. films mm. shot there. Mm. She'd have some stories. All right, so they have to go into a swamp to find a temple with another Google Maps thing. And um, so I suppose the next story beat that I had here was trials. You know, they've got to have some trials. So they're going to have a battle in the swamp. Yes. But not before we uh, <clears throat> we, we have a switcheroo going on, don't we? With no, the, no, no, battle we, first. Battle? Well, the battle at least is they sort on- of. I think the battle takes the focus <clears throat> away from the seer. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then the seer gets a switcheroo go- happen. So there's a doppelganger yes. going on. A changeling. changeling. A changeling. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Changeling. Okay. So our super seer, our blind seer, who's been so spectacularly helpful to the plot, the mm-hmm. characters, the story, and so we've become super invested in, yep. now gets killed in a second and replaced by another creature that looks exactly like him. Yes. Wasn't much of a seer, was he? He couldn't see that. <laughs> no, because <laughs> yeah. he didn't have his God. little boy servant. Got to wonder about his skills, really. He's yes. useless without his seven-year-old. Yeah, that little boy. Who was that? Well, yes. He, well, why was that? Is another no, question. That was his bed. Like he's an old boy up in a cave. No one's around. He had his choice. He could have had a little handmaiden. Could have had an old yeah, handmaiden. He's got now. Yeah. All right, so (laughs) so there's a big battle goes on for some reason, for no reason at all. Actually, no, there's lots of reason. This is this is so that we can experience the melee that you were talking about. Ah, yes, it's a fantastic experience of um, how 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 melee combat can be improvised by people with no skill. Absolutely, in seconds. Absolutely, yes. Um, And there was a lot of teamwork melee as well. Mm. Um, Even simple moves like. I'm going to go down on my hands and knees. You push him back. He'll fall over me, and then we'll stab him on the ground. Yes. Um, there were slayers Classic. coming out of the water. There were three yeah. slayers coming out of the water, which I think if you look hard, you'll see the ripples going in instead of out. <laughs> they filmed it in reverse. And, and Torkel has a move where one minute he's fighting, next minute 
he's jumping down from a tree. Ah, that's right. That's right. And there was a tree axe swing move that yep, was going yep, on yep. as well. Um, what did we think of the Slayer death sequence as well with the thing in the brain that went into oh. the ground? That frightened the shit out of me when I was younger. Yeah, yeah it was, it was uh, that, that was a great out. idea. Let's take it further. Mm. Are they all part of the beast? Are there these little worms waiting to enter this suit of armour back at the mountain? Yeah, yeah. Like, let's do something with it. No. No. Yes, not let's take it further. Let's take it somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they, do, they, they do that with the story. It's like, yeah. here's this idea, but we're not going to do anything. Yeah. 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 Here's yeah. not it. No. You could have at least have one shot where that little squiggly thing comes back out of the sand and jumps on somebody's face yeah, and they're yeah. like running around and going, oh, get it off me. Oh, my Try God. Oh, my God. Them. Yeah. Okay. Right. So... We're now with the seer, who's now the evil seer. The seer oh, there's the, the seer. That's not the, the, the seer. The new, the the, Cl- the Clayton seer. The seer 2.0. That you have when you don't have a seer. All right. And so he's going to stab our hero in the back. Mm. With his, well, claw him to death. Claw him the, well, to death. Well, that's the beast's trademark, isn't it? The, yeah. the claw thing. Mm. So ev- everything that's under his command yep. has And the black eyes. Yeah. So- um, then what happens is one of the other guys, the Cyclops, who's been following at a distance. He stuck around while they took off. Mm. Um, actually, Cyclops helped them in the melee. That's how they all. Yeah, so he's just been following along. He so wants they to join all, the club. He's now part of the crew. Can I be part of your, go- you know, your right. team? That's right. And so he has that, that amusing repartee with uh, Ergo, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah that's right. Which goes on for far too long. Mm. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where one actor is actually pretty good and then the other actor is not so good. Well, we get um, some exposition about the Cyclops too at that time, don't we? Yeah. Where, Which is it, I found quite interesting. They made a deal with yeah. the Beast. Yes. I thought this was one of your better plot points. Yes. That they, they at least took it somewhere. Yeah. It and resolved itself. Yeah. Um, and it became part in, integral to the plot. What happens to the Cyclops dude at the end of the movie? Well, he saw his own death. Where does he get killed? I don't want to. Well, he, he gets squashed. He gets squashed in the roller door. Oh yeah, that's right. The squishy door. Uh, the men. like the dude in Red Sonia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty much. The same door. They probably bought it from the same salesman. Yeah. He goes around rock fantasy world. Squashing door. Yeah, the rock roller door. All right, that was weird because I didn't, I didn't remember that. Well, you have, you have punched a bit of a plot hole because did you watch the film? The there? culture, <laughs> the Cyclops made a deal with the Beast, but the but the Beast reneged. On the deal, and instead of being able to see the future, they could only see the only future they could see was their own death. And yeah, and so he saw his own death and said, I can't go with you because it's my time. But if he saw his own death, he would have known he had to go with them because yeah, his yeah. death was up on the mountain in the squashy door. Yeah, so I still don't understand what <laughs> happened, what happened there at the end. I think, it- I think he thought he was supposed to die back in at- the swamp. Back in the um, where they found the horses, ah, oh, that's Cause, right. Because they leave, and he said, "I can't go because I'm supposed right. to meet my death here." Basically, mm, mm. and then and they're supposed. To, that's why they have that big line they stick in the film where it doesn't belong. Where if you don't, where the kid for some reason knows this, despite all these adults around, the little kid's the only one that knows that if he avoids his own death, he'll be miserable and broken forever. So the oh. idea is that. He risks that fate yep. of being ever sad mm-hmm. um, versus by, being dead. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> by um, leaving where he thinks he's supposed to die mm. to go help them. <clears throat> okay, 
All right. So they, I think anyway. I think they just jumped from not going deep enough to going way too deep on that one. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So something about his death and you can see yep. the future, but it didn't seem to be linked in with the plot. No. No. It, it would have been better if it was I saw my death as an important part of the plot, and here yeah. I have to do. Instead, he got squished in the door, which I don't think was that important to the plot. Yeah, and it wasn't that heroic. Like, yes. die, die doing something useful. <clears throat> yes. It was important to the escape. Like, no, they were still breaking in. Yeah, they needed to get in because if they're not in, by the time the mountain disappears, they're pooched. But, but, and they're on the outside. Yeah. They usually just and they just hold on. Well, I mean, I don't know what he did to help them get in. He held the door open. They oh. all got through while he was oh, holding the door what, open. Is that what it was? Okay, fair enough. Um, but we're still in the swamp, though, aren't we? Because the, 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 the Clayton Sea is not dead yet. Yeah. So we're still in the swamp. We yeah, yeah. So we, we, you mean the doppelganger, the yes. change? Right. Yeah, okay. we've jumped ahead. Now we've got Okay, so the seer actually works out that there's a changeling and yes. he kills the changeling. That's right. Right. The cyclops works out. The cyclops. That's sorry, right. sorry. It's the cyclops. So now that we've had plan A that didn't work and plan B that didn't work. Yep. And then we're going to just like, ah, fuck it. We'll just go a completely different plan C. Yep. Yep. When really we could have gone with plan C. The whole time, we could have gone with plan C and we could have taken all the boys <laughs> instead of sending the old boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where do they go? What's what's plan C? Well, they have to go and see the wise woman who is the widow of the web and um, she's got more magic seeing power as well and she lives in a cave with a giant spider. That's right. Why did she do that? Why does she live in the cave with a giant spider? Yes. Because some of magic thing that happened that I really couldn't understand. Because she got cursed for um, I'm good. killing her son. Her son well, when I he was thought born. it was going to turn out to be the prince. I was like, yeah, that would have been more interesting. Twist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that. <laughs> Instead, it just turned out to be pretty cruel. Uh, yeah, yeah that just... might have been interesting. Yeah. And, mm. and they but couldn't she... have that because it didn't stick out too much. Because it turns out she's the ex of... Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, he left her, yeah, but didn't know that she was with child, yeah, and she had the child, and then proceeded to kill the child yeah. for, for what was her reason? Out of, um, out of spite, yeah, out of mm, I didn't. Because, oh well, because that's what mothers do. Yeah, they're very angry at the ex, so they yeah. kill their child. Yeah. It was kind of weird. And she's cursed forever because of that. That's right. Well, that sounds like justice. Mm. And so up, yeah. I'm happy about her being stuck in Spider yeah. Cave forever. Mm. So she's in Spiderland. <clears throat> but when, um, you know, cheap exposition Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> arrives, yeah. she suddenly turns into a hot chick again. Yes. And goes back in time. I think that was him seeing that's, her yeah. in that, memory of what she was when she was. I think it's yeah, that's. Of, yeah, because. It's a metaphorical. Because, no, I think he even says that. Sh- that she can now see him herself the through his through his, his eyes because in his memory that's what she looks like, yeah. and so it doesn't matter how horrific she looks, she's still that yeah that person is still that pretty girl that he fell in love with when he was young, yeah. and he allows her to to see her the way yet. Yeah, Beautiful yeah. sociopath who killed his child. Yeah, yeah. and he, he seems to get over that pretty well. He gets over it very well. I'd be very pissed about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I blame myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like. Obviously it's, my fault. It's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, yep, all right, you know, yeah. note to self. Yeah. I did that again, yeah. So anyway, what I'm here to talk to you about, and then just moves on with the conversation. Yeah. Um, I personally would have directed that sh- that sequence with her being <clears> the stunning 
when he arrives, she's stunning and hasn't aged at all and then turns into the ugly yeah, old woman. Yeah, after the redemption happens after, or something. After, right? Yeah, yeah, something, whatever. And then we get to see, oh, okay. And then it'd old. be great to see him conflicted with he'd like to take her out or yeah. you know, do something, but he can't because she's useful. Mm. So he has to kind of swallow his rage and his grief and yep. get her help anyway. That would, but, but again, that would have brought in story. So, so what's the deal? <laughs> yes. What's the deal? Once he once he clambers across to the central hub of the big giant spider web, and we're introduced to the giant white spider so, that's huge. I that was really good. Yeah, that was one of the best bits in the film. Yeah, I thought so too. Spider was well done. Yeah, mm, very well done. Um, what's the, the deal that he well. makes with the co- with the with the wi- the widow? I, to be honest, couldn't really understand it. They, she has a time. What are they called? Egg timer, giant egg timer thing mm. with the sand, mm. and yeah. they're going to smash it, and they're going to take a handful of sand. She's a prisoner. Yeah, she's a prisoner in there, and that kind of has her life in it. The time sand was. stops the spider from chewing her up. Right. Yeah. Oh, so okay, I got she that. She turns bit. it over, and the spider won't go near her. Right. No. Okay. So when he breaks it, he can take it, and then he's protected from the spider. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then the spider goes, yeah. So then he goes and escapes, and the spider can go and then eat her. Yeah, and and also no one can ever go in there and leave. They they die. So she gives him her life sand. That's right. Uh, that's right. And gives him enough in his hand to so get to the to get back to the others, the others <clears throat> and tell what he has to tell before he dies. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I like that bit. Yeah, that's kind of clever. Yeah. yeah. Um. Again, show don't tell. It would have been cool if they had a, had a few things of him running through the forest. Leaving sand, you know, mm. and he keeps checking his hand; it gets smaller and smaller. Yeah, but anyway, he kind of arrives, and I like how he like storms in the middle, and he says, "I know where the bad guys are." Yeah. <laughs> he like yells it at the top of his lungs, and then yeah. Yeah, dies. He dies because he's run out of sand. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we now know where the new location of the bad guys is going to be, and it's going to be in the Iron Forest or something or other, a million miles away. Which is a thousand leagues away. A thousand leagues. Which I've found out is 5,000 kilometres. Okay. That's quite a trip. So we are going to need Google Maps. Well, they, in order to get there in the time allotted, they need to travel at 146 kilometres an hour. <laughs> We've done some maths, no doubt. <laughs> Someone did, I didn't. <laughs> the, inter, the interweb's great. All right, so... So what's um, the only way we can get there? How the hell are we going to get a 1,000 leagues in a day, Dan? Well, for that, <clears throat> we're going to have to ask somebody for some more magic stuff, and we're going to need some giant eagles. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, actually, they're giant horses. They're giant horses. <laughs> um, Clydesdale horses. Yeah. Which used to be Clydesdales, the, the knights, the Scottish knights and English knights used Clydesdales because they were only fucking horses that could hold the bloody weight <laughs> yeah, of, okay. of all the armour and everything. And then apparently once armour phased out, once knights phased out, people stopped riding them. So it was almost them. impossible to find Clydesdales that people could ride, they had to train them. Every horse in the film that they uh, were riding was trained for like 16 months or something because there's no such thing as a Clydesdale that people ride. Yeah, right. They use them for beard draft horses yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and they're, yeah. they're pulling their mm. piece of bird, mm. but very few people ride them. Um, they're a massive horse. Yeah. They are a big horse. That they're, would have been cheap for the budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 16 Clydesdales. Save some money on by having just horses that you could ride. Just yes, horses. regular horses. Yeah. Put some you put fur on, on their on yeah. <laughs> yeah, fur on their feet, make them yeah. look Clydesdales. They're fire ponies anyway. It doesn't yes. really matter. 
But I must say, it was pretty damn epic, and it was one of my oh, favourite bits yeah. of the movie when they Same had here. like a herd of Clydesdales just like yeah. galloping down this thing, yeah. down this valley. Yep. And they had lots of shots of that, and that was really cool because they are they're huge. They either fluked things. it or they worked it out because they looked like they were running at 146 kilometres an hour. And the actors actually had to wrangle them. Yeah. Like, yeah. They were like, I was thinking, you know, where were the stunt? There were sometimes when I could see their faces, and I'm thinking, well, that's obviously not the stunt. Person. There were some stunt people like dragging behind yeah. them and stuff like that, but there were some actors that were jumping off rocks onto the mm-hmm. onto Clydesdales. I was quite impressed. I think it was a simpler time in 1980s. <laughs> <as well. laughs> yeah, yeah. The director comes in. All right, I had a great idea last night. You, Gary, on that rock. Because yeah. <laughs> I read somewhere that the actors had to do it. Um, they all wanted to, but then a lot of them balked at last minute. Mm. But nah, these things are huge. I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, this is not like how I imagined. <laughs> All right, so um, just before we get on the flying horses to fly across the sky, mm-hmm. we have to go and um, we have to go and check in with the bad guys because the the evil space monster, the beast, is making his last proposal mm-hmm. to the to the queen and his the princess. He's offered an ultimatum. He said, "Marry me, yeah, and everyone survives. Like, marry me, and everyone—I uh, won't kill everyone." And he also does a betrayal trick. All right, oh, so yes. he tries to make it look like the the local town, you know, washerwoman. That's right. Is like kissing Prince. What's his face? That's right. And um, that was a pretty feeble trick, which didn't work. It backfired. Yes, because the. He'd possessed a hua yep. that was cracking on to the prince, and the prince said, you're wasting your time, love. Yep. She was a changeling as well. Yes, that's right. And and so they're back in the mountains seeing this happen. Yes. Um, and uh, and the prince uh, puts the mockers on the whole idea. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And this is that dinner we were talking about where Liam Neeson got his one of his eight wives. Yeah, to bring some girls around. To bring some girls around. To the forest. Cooks, yep, and cook some <laughs> tucker for the blokes because That's obviously right. they can't cook for themselves. That's right. Being rugged outdoorsman. <laughs> well, the women couldn't cook either, could they? Was no. yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so magic horses. So that's a magic flight, which is a bit actually. It's kind of like a, a story well, they beat run really fast the, um, across the ground for a while, mm. but then they get to a crevasse or something, mm. some big cliff. And then proceed to fly straight off it. Yes, and run straight across the sky. That's right. All right. And then they arrive, which I think is actually, it takes, it's quite a big thing, but it's really one, well, it's really maybe two story beats. And that's the boss fight at the end. Because they arrive at the mountain. Well, they arrive at the mountain, and to get into the mountain, they have to climb. There's going to be two bits. There's going to be break in, and then boss fight. And in order to get in, they're being attacked by... Slayers who have special laser swords, trap doors that open up and they zap them from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, special slayers, though, this is where we first see our white slayers, mm-hmm. um, and they're trying to blast them off the mountain while they're trying to get in. So they're trapped. Mm. How do they get into the mountain? Mm. The cyclops. Oh, is this the door squishing time? No, well, he, not only that, he turns up. Proceeds to climb straight past them, get shot at least half a dozen times. Yeah. Um, and then uh, find get to the door at just as it's closing and then hold the door open uh, and everybody gets inside. Right. Okay, so he does his, his good moment, everybody gets inside. So yeah. it's like a reverse hold door. Yeah. 
Yeah. In, instead of holding the door closed, he forces it open. That's right. And dies. Mm-hmm. Well, they all get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except the second one is also done a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So we have two door squishing moments. We should make a video compilation of people getting squashed, squashed in doors, in doors. Yes, in 1985 That's not fantasy a bad idea. movies. Not a bad idea. All right, so they're inside, and there's going to be lots of trials and tribulations as they fossick around the innards of this surreal castle. That's right. They they're getting split up <clears throat> into smaller groups, mm-hmm. and, and the floor off. floor gives way, yes, and, and they get sucked into things. Yeah, and, and Ergo finds does something useful. Well, actually, it's a second useful thing he's done because. Yes. When the boy, when the seer dies, the boy is sad. That's right. Yes. So Ergo kind of sacrificed himself, turns himself into a cute puppy. That's right. <laughs> yes. To make the boy happy. That's yes. Right. That's, that's that's quite a moment. That, what a guy. That's, like, it's, it's like quite, come on, let's mm. give let's give the story a bit of credit where it, that is pretty heroic actually. Um, and then in here he turns himself into a tiger in order that's to right. defend the boy. Mm. That's right. Mm. And gets wounded. Don't know, he, don't so. know where he, he, t- he doesn't attack. He just roars a lot. Yes, yeah, so well, so I was thinking about the tiger. It's kind of yeah. the tiger kind of stands around yeah. and yeah. stands next to a wall and yep. looks at some stuff. I saw a snippet from the documentary. There's a 20-minute documentary about it called The Journey to Kroll. And um, the little kid is being interviewed on the set at the time and he's talking about how he did a scene the other day and he had to and the tiger had to lie on his lap. I'm pretty sure that was a, a heavily sedated animal. Like, there's no way. <laughs> fully grown tiger. Well, it's not fully grown cause it was fully grown. Oh, no, it's a big tiger. Like, the tiger's head is about four times as big as the kid's head. Yeah, but it's quite low. Like, the kid stands up quite high. Yeah, it would have been an adolescent. Yeah. It's certainly big enough to, oh, yeah. to tear the child oh, yeah, apart. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and you could tell while this tiger, you can see, it showed this shot of the tiger lying down with its head in its lap, and you could you could just see it. It's not doing anything. It's, just, it's got its eyes open. It's not, it's not just lying there. I think they might have sedated it. You can imagine if you made a comic book version of this, how would you draw the tiger? Mm. It would be wild-eyed, frenzied, claws yeah, out, yeah, teeth yeah. going everywhere, saliva yeah. spittle. Yes, but this one was just like... Standing next to a wall. Having a nap. <laughs> Having a bit of a nap. And, also- and meanwhile, the Slayers were like <laughs> edging backwards. Mm. It's like, even though they had laser they swords. Had laser swords. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, yeah. That, we, we were talking about that. Like, was he so fearsome? Mm. Or had they never seen anything like that before? For what the f- is that? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. It was another planet, and yet it was a Earth-based animal. Yeah. Maybe it was an alien to them. Yeah, um, he gets he gets a um, shot in the leg, yeah. in the foot. Yes, with in the arm, but in the tiger's leg. Yeah, um, and and then later when he's found, we see that he's received a wound. Yes, but Ergo's kind of you know there's a purpose now for, yes. for him. Yeah, he's found um, his story arc is coward to hero. Yeah, would would we say? Yeah, no. Yes, total coward. <laughs> Full to hero. <laughs> well, he was a coward at the start. That's why he jumped on the back of the horse with the prince when he remember oh, he came running yeah. out of the bush and said, "Well, that, that reminds more, me, I do need to go this way." Foolish, I think, than cowardly. It's just him being silly, but certainly not heroic through no. the film. And then he becomes. I thought he was more vicious again. when he turned into the goose. What did he do while he was a goose? Yelling and screaming and dancing around and flapping his wings was and he? cursing and shouting. Mm. Well, anyway. So everybody's in a bit of trouble. Yes. And our hero makes it into the boss 
boss, the inner chamber, the boss chamber, the boss's anti inner chamber. I'm chucking his magical frisbee thing. Yes, because the, the the princess is stuck is inside a room. It's this like the first time he's used the glaive. Isn't it? Yes, yes, this is the first time. Yeah, he's ever done anything with it. He yes, used it when he's fighting the guys. No, he hasn't done anything with it at all. Yeah. Yep. Gonna, yes, and so what's the first thing he's going to use it as a as a saw to cut open the wall yes. so he can get his princess out of a room, out of a some sort of chamber. Yes, it's like sort of skin chambers, like bone and skin. Yeah. All right. Okay, so he does that, and then she's out of the room, and then he's got to fight the boss, the big bad boss. When does he use the frisbee to take out a whole bunch of soldiers? He doesn't. No, he, he does. doesn't. He, does ta- he, he uses doesn't it to take out some um, some rocks to cause a cave-in. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I thought he, he uses it to open the room to, to do the cutty thing on the room to cut mm-hmm. a door. Mm-hmm. Um, because the glaive... You throw it once, but then it just hovers there and does the damage. It's like a drone. Yeah. It and very, somehow – It's you, very much like a drone. Yeah, and somehow you just stand there with your arm out well, and you, stare no, at no, it. No, it's like that, Dan. <laughs> yeah, you have this no. heroic pose. You've got to have the pose. And Open the shoulders up. And then the, the drone glaive thing kind of does useful stuff. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. So the only thing I can remember him doing with the glaive is to get into the room, knock down the, the, the bricks, the, the rocks – yeah. And get stuck in the beast's chest. Yeah, that's right. So that's the final thing. It's like going ping, 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 and it's bouncing around, and the beast is raw, and and <laughs> yeah, it's so much like Red Sonia, just like Icol or whatever his name is, chucks a ninja star, it just gets stuck right in the center of his chest with yep. one of its five dagger blades stuck yep. about four centimeters into a giant thing's chest. And he falls down completely, 100% dead yep. because of the power of that glaive thingy. It was an emotional moment when he went to get the thing out of and because he tried to get it back. When yes. the beast it's fell. The telekinetic. And it almost well, wants to go back to him, but it quite. And, you know. yeah, that little sound effect that was happening. And, he always, and so he goes over and he tries to pull it out himself and then the beast, the hand of the beast comes over and but the beast, so they run for it. But the beast isn't dead yet because they have to, they have to bar- barbecue him. Mm-hmm. So this is my point. After having the super magical sword weapon thing that's actually like most other things in this movie turned out to be useless. Yep. Well, it sort of – well, it not fit him. for purpose. <laughs> the, it, he probably didn't know that when he got the glaive that it was only good for breaking into things and knocking down walls. He thought he probably thought it was better for taking out the beast, but in theory quite useless for taking out the beast. Yeah. It just makes the beast angry. It pissed him off. Plus, his, his new girlfriend's being stolen back. So when he gets his new girlfriend back and he realises that the glaive thing is actually useless, mm-hmm. this sparkly thing that's actually on the cover of the video and on the posters. That most people think Krull is the blade. And most people think Krull is the damn blade. Mm-hmm. How do they defeat the beast in the end? Because there's the whole thing which they set up during the wedding. Yeah, mm-hmm. the fire. The, the, the woman and the man together. They sort of give fire to one another. The, yeah. the family uh, give the fire to the kids for the wedding and then in, the wedding got interrupted mm-hmm. and the fire was just about to be passed from her to him mm-hmm. and the slayers turned up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she still had the fire mm-hmm. in the her magic hand. Fire, right? The magic fire was still on her personage. So they go all Sigourney Weaver on that guy with yeah. a big flamethrower and... Yeah. <laughs> Fed by love, Dan. Like it's, they don't just—it's not just fire. <laughs> the unity right? it's not of just man science. And woman. 
the marriage it's fire. Only true love can make a flamethrower <laughs> out of the wedding fire. Make a flamethrower that nasty. <laughs> So would a gay couple in Kroll be able to make the flame? If true that love would be was- ice. They would have an ice one <laughs> because they would be the opposite. That's how it works. But only if true love was part of the equation. Well, that's all right then. Mm. And let's not forget that the you know his teammates were downstairs at the point having spikes driven through there. That's right. They're in a squashy garbage yeah. compactor. And they were in the spike. And compactor. actually, because by this stage, Robbie Coltrane is dead, and, yes. and yep. Liam Neeson yeah, is dead. dead. Yeah. And all we're left with is people that I can't remember. And we didn't really know much about. Or no, we had some some dude who was I wasn't in the. He had no speaking parts. Well, in the there, whole was, thing. there was there was the red shirt who was left alive. Torquil, Torquil, and and the young and the, and the young young guy with the the young bandit dude, puffy fur shirt. Yeah. And there was some other big guy there. Well, the big guy didn't last too long in the in the, Did he get in the spiky. Did yeah. he not make it? Well, he dropped his knife and then he went to run for the knife and then forgot that there's spikes coming out of the wall and he didn't last long. Probably should have left the knife. Yeah. Knife wasn't going to help him. All right. So when the boss is dead, of course, the castle blows up. Because the castle is the boss. Oh, is that what you that's reckon the that's boss the, is the castle? Yeah, that's why it all started to crumble. Then why did the magic fire, when it kills the boss, also kill the castle? Because they're the same thing. They're the same thing. They killed the boss and therefore the boss being the castle is also dead. Remember okay. right at the very end, the castle zip, 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 goes up into the sky. Sucked up into the sky. It goes to heaven. Mm. Mm. All right. So the castle blues, blows up. Yep. And do we get a conclusion or do we get an ending? They all jump up and freeze frame as they all go, huzzah, well, we won. Close, close. But there, there was at least some narrative, some narration. Yeah. Which I think is kind of a bit of a cheaty conclusion. It rings they, all the way back to the start of the film. We're going back to our tell, don't show. And type. They, although they do sit in a nice, pleasant, flowery meadow. That's right. And, and watch the castle thing blow up. And go, phew, glad that's yeah. over. Are you happy? Yes, I'm happy. Fantastic. And, and the credits and roll. Torkel got a job out of it. He got offered the king's hand. Remember, the, he oh, throws he? him. Well, he throws yeah, him the key. Right. Remember, uh, um, the only the king in yeah. the king's hand can have one of the because he tells tells yeah. him he can keep the key, and him saying that means I'm giving you the job. Oh, I didn't realise that. So it's more of a conclusion than a lot of the other films. Okay, fair and enough. not as much of a conclusion and he, as, and he as the also films we're used to. Says he's going to keep the manacle on to remind him where he came from. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is a ridiculous idea. So they would never get through airport security. Would no, they? Absolutely not. <laughs> Well, I'd like to now know what his crimes were, actually. That might be a good time to actually find out. Maybe you should, you should ask. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I was a must rapist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's all in the past now. <laughs> I'm king now. <laughs> no one's seen the seven-year-old. What happened here? All in the past. All in the past. <laughs> you, you gave me the job. No, nothing more to see here. No takesy-backsies. That's it. <laughs> all right. So they escape with a boom and um, roll credits and we're done. Yep. And Gandalf has to tell us the end of the story. Gandalf wraps it up right. in a nice little bow. He's dead. Yeah. I thought they left it <laughs> he's open. Like, yes. dead. They left it <laughs> open for a, pre- <laughs> for a sequel, didn't they? <laughs> they with did. the kid. Did they? Yeah, yeah well, they, were gonna, they weren't the ones that were saving the planet or the universe. It was their child. What's Who, the sequel going to be called? Is it going to be called Son, Kral- of, Son of Kral? No, no, no. I would call it. Krulls. Krull 2.0. <laughs> no, I just pluralise it. <laughs> Beyond the Krull. <laughs> yep. 
the Krolls This time back. there's two Krolls. <laughs> in another world, not like the other one. Yes, with even less time across but somewhere space. in the galaxy, but not far away. <laughs> in a land. Krill. Krill, yes. <laughs> call it Krill. It's a smaller budget sequel. So we've made it. We, we, we got through the world of Krull. And we came out the other side um, feeling better for it, I believe. We've and resolved. As, as much as we hung shit on the film, I, I the story's atrocious, writing's atrocious, yeah. but I kind of enjoyed it. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I like all of that. It's not trying to reinvent cinematic narrative, right? It's not trying to do too much. It it probably thought it was at the time to the tune of $50 million, which is a lot of money on a on a film of this genre. Um, of, of any film at that point in time. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't take it too seriously. It's got all of the elements. There's mm. swords and wizards and creepy spiders and there was some... Uh, the, narratively, uh, it, was, it was written by a madman. Mm. There's ramblings of a madman. Well, it's it's got, you know, a bit of each version of the script that, you know, they probably went through like 12 versions. Yeah. Mm. When there's a little bit of each version... Like you can take you can take the beats of the hero's tale, right? The hero's journey, but that's not enough. It's the it's the sinew that ties it together that is the true storyteller, mm-hmm. right? The, the it's it's the you can't the just flavor take, gives it the flavor. Well, yeah, the 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 ingredients don't make the meal, right? It's how much you put in. It's when you put, like I can put that in the oven for only ten minutes, but this thing can go in there for fifty minutes. That's the true chef, and that's with with story write with writers. That's what it's all about. Yeah. It's knowing I can put a pinch of that and a punch of that, and that's what this missed. It had all the elements. It just didn't have the right quantities, and and it came at the wrong time, and it didn't it didn't percolate for long enough, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't mind it. For me, I got a bit of nostalgia there. I sort of um, I liked it. It was at a point in in my youth where I really got into. Um, sci-fi fantasy and home videos and things like that it was um, I probably watched it a whole bunch of times mm. maybe 20 30 times I might have seen that when I was a kid so do we want to rate it I will in our rating system mm-hmm. uh, burn borrow buy mm-hmm. I would borrow it mm-hmm. okay that probably, sounds I probably would now that I've seen it again that's fair I wouldn't buy it. <clears throat> if I watched now that I've watched it I don't think I've got it in my collection down I thought I did um, I couldn't find it. Mm. Um, I'm not going to rush out and buy it. If I saw it on the shelf tomorrow, I probably wouldn't buy it, even if it was a r- Blu-ray reproduction of it. Tony, what do you reckon? I'm burnt to the shit. <laughs> I mean, it's everything I hate about these films. It treats this audience like they're idiots. It's yeah. like, oh, you're just people who like fantasy. You don't need a sensible a story that makes sense. You don't need your script. You'll put up with any old shit, you people. Yeah. Here you go. You know, it's just terrible. I know exactly where Tony's <laughs> coming from. And, I, and I, to a certain degree, I, 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 or to a certain sense, I, do, I agree totally, but I have this connection to it mm-hmm. that I, uh, I can't yeah. bury. It's going to always be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, reading people's comments and people's reviews of it, I, I, I skim through a whole bunch of those, and there seems to be three camps. Mm-hmm. Those people that think it is 10 out of 10 and friggin' tastic, <laughs> and they're like this. And then that's usually got a tagline at the bottom, a little line down the bottom that says, "I saw it when I was seven years yeah, old." Yeah, yeah. Da, 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 yeah. Da. yeah. Now there's a bunch of people at the other end of the scale who think it's completely awful, mm. and then strangely, 
but perhaps not so strangely, there's a bunch that's hover around 50% that, like you said before, it's a bit all over the place, a bit polarised. Yeah. For me, really didn't like it the first time, kind of liked it a little bit more the second time after poking a bit of fun at it and having a bit of a discussion about it. I think I like it a little bit more than before, but I'm... Yeah, on the low end of borrow. <laughs> <laughs> borrow yeah. with care. So you'd borrow it, but then use it to chock up a loose shell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <it's> a- <laughs> Tea cozy. <Yeah. laughs> Rick? Ooh, it's no Hawk the Slayer, Red yeah. Sonia. Yeah. I think Hawk the Slayer to you is this film to me. Yeah. Where other people just will never understand yeah. what we see. So I would probably not buy it off Amazon. I'd, if I saw it at a flea market, mm-hmm. nice yeah, and cheap, yeah. I'd buy it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's So I'm at the very low end of buying. <laughs> yeah. flea, flea market buy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which buy. is higher than Dan's very low yeah. end of borrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so. We're all over the place like everybody no, else. No, I think so too. I think, You're I think at the we, top want end. To, we want to condemn it, but at the same time we feel we need to throw it a bone at something <laughs> at some point. And, and it... It's doing that to us, you but, know what I mean? But also, despite all that, it, I found it a little bit fun to watch, entertaining. I, I mean, so. I think Beck's comment says it all. I think so, too. It's better than the rest of the shit you <laughs> made me watch. Everything's relative. <laughs> Everything is relative. <laughs> yeah, that sums it up. <laughs> all right. Um, so that's it for another week, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us once again. Um, we might leave fantasy for a couple of weeks. I think we're going to have a look at the shamozzle. Ooh. The absolute shamozzle that is the fifth Transformers film. Don't give anything away, but. <laughs> and we're, all we're going to say is that um, it'll make for a very colourful show. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Yes. No, we you have to. No, we have never to subject seen you. And I want to watch you while you do it. While we, while you <laughs> we, should, it. we should feel Rick while Rick <laughs> watches the film. Um so we're, we're, that's probably hopefully going to be our next show. And I think what we need to do from now on, 2020 hindsight, we probably should have said this at the start of the, the, the show. People really should have a look at the film before they see this show because it really uh, makes – Tom tells me it makes quite a difference to listening to the ramblings of us four madmen <laughs> when you have fresh eyes on – when there's context to what we're talking about, um, mainly because we jump all over the place and uh, we we could probably damage people's brains. Uh, whereas if you see the film recently, then it's sort of you're not alone. You you in your experience, you start to feel like uh, okay, yeah, no, I saw that as well, which I think is better than going in cold. Mm. Um, so between now and next next show, maybe have a look at the fifth Transformers film because uh, that's what we're going to have a look at. We're going to make sure that we uh, have a look at that. Oh, uh, actually. Oh, it- Feel free if you've got nothing else to do and you're up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Let us know, is it better to see the film after we've talked about yes. it or before we've talked about That's it? That's a good call. That's a good call. I'd love to know that as well. And how can they let us know, Dan? Follow us on uh, Voyage of the Geek on Twitter. You can go to Voyage of the Geek on YouTube mm-hmm. and Voyage of the Geek on, on the, Facebook. On the book Faches. Yes, we got a bit of a pattern happening here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Chuck us a like, leave us a comment, tell us how we're doing um, and tell us whether you like think you should watch it before or 
What's after, the movie? Yeah, after, maybe even leave a score out of our bur- burn borrow. Yeah, borrow. yeah, yeah. Leave a score as well because we want to get a bit of a consensus. Yep, absolutely. And maybe even if there's some films that uh, you might think might good, be good for us to have a look at. Yeah, so some classics. To drop those in, in all of those avenues as well. Okay, gentlemen, uh, thank you for being here. And until next time, it's bye for me. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night. What is your